I was working at a marketing company as a copywriter and my hours had been reduced. And I thought, all right, well, I've got to go find some more clients and some more work. Or I could do an irresponsible thing and see about um, trying to make a YouTube channel. Within two to three weeks, I was, I was gaining traction. Within a couple of months, it was a full-time job. Hey, I'm Fred. And I'm Ed. And this is Create a Generation. Create a Generation of Hype. So many people who are new to YouTube don't know where to start. It's surprisingly common. So what we thought we'd do in today's episode is talk about origin stories from some of the biggest and best out there. We want to know where they started and how they built their channels. We hear from big guys like Vsauce to one of my favorites, Mars from the Amazing, who talks about setting up his channel as an animator and telling his parents that he wanted to be a YouTuber. Let's get into it. Matt Tabor from the very famous Science Network, Vsauce. Michael started things as as kind of a gaming comedy channel way back in the day. I mean, it seems like forever ago. I mean, it must have been 10 years, uh, if not more. Um, and had some success uh, with that format. I mean, he's a really funny guy. I mean, he, he's really witty and funny, and that translates well to uh, to the gaming humor stuff. Uh, and if you think of the style back then, it was sort of the kind of thing that would be on like a collegehumor.com type site. You know, it was that style. Um, and uh, I forget which video he made, but it had kind of an academic bent. Uh, and yeah, it just blew up. I mean, it was really, really good. And he's like, oh. People like this. I'm exceedingly good at this. Uh, maybe this is better than gaming comedy. You know, I wasn't around at that time, uh, and certainly didn't work with him then. Uh, but uh, he evolved into what is currently Vsauce, uh, and that's why he's Vsauce now. I mean, it's just it is what it is. He's he's massive. So people always ask, like, what's what's Vsauce? Where did that come from? Um, and it was uh, like a random domain name generator. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, Michael said he just kind of sat there one night, like click, click, click for hours to see what was available. Vsauce popped up. Cool. It's yeah. easy to spell. It's five letters. It's kind of snappy and catchy. Yeah. It's cool. It doesn't like lock you into anything. Bam. Perfect. And then 10 years later and like, I don't know. It's, it's got to be over 3 billion views now. And yeah. the sheer amount of time that humanity has spent watching Michael Kevin's and Jake's videos is, it's shocking. And <laughs> yeah, the origin stories on this stuff are, are really cool because yeah. they're not centrally planned. Uh, Kevin was into comedy and stuff as well. Uh, that was his interest years back. And I've known him a long time now. Um, yeah, over 25 years, you know, and so, and he was always just super uh, creative into uh, music, like, in, I think in, in college, university, he did, uh, uh, like, sketch comedy, improv comedy, that kind of thing, it, and again, you see that in his videos, that, that it permeates in kind of his on-camera on persona, um, but yeah, he was, he was making videos on YouTube, and a uh, guy named Binky McFartnuggets, which, again, this is absolutely real. Um, I think he sent Michael a, an email that was just like, hey, check out this guy. He's making funny stuff. And Michael liked it and said, you know, ask Kevin to make a video for the Vsauce channel. And because at the time it was still comedy. And uh, as things grew, it made sense 
to separate that into Vsauce 2. Mm. Um, got confusing, I th- or not confusing, or they were worried about it getting confusing, with two hosts on the same channel. Mm. You know, we've talked a bunch about the format and programming and stuff like that. And it was a bit too much of a jumble on, in one space, so we just made a second channel. Mm. And then a couple years down the line, uh, Jake wanted to, really wanted to work with the Vsauce guys. He was doing... Oh, he was doing a thing, I think, for Scientific American, maybe, um, and happened to be working on the same floor as as Michael and Kevin in New York City and got to know them and, and you know, I think he kind of pitched them on another channel. Like, hey, I'd love to work with you guys kind of mm-hmm. thing. And it worked out. He had a distinctly different style. Uh, he had different type of content. You know, he was focusing on that science of, of gaming and film and that kind of thing. Uh, a bit more cinematic, too, because that's where his interests lie and his background is in that. Uh, so it was a really nice fit with the differentiation uh, where you've got three guys with some unifying features, unifying characteristics, um, one of which is that curiosity. Like, that, that is the, the real binding force. But then each one makes their stuff in a completely different way. So you get some familiar things, and then you get the unique things to each of the three channels, and it's, it's worked out quite well. Harold, the internet historian. I'd always wanted to, to start a YouTube channel for a while, and um, I uh, uh, was working at a marketing company as a copywriter, and my hours had been reduced, and I thought... Um, all right, well, I've got to go find some more clients and some more work. Or um, I could do an irresponsible thing and see about um, trying to make a YouTube channel. So um, I started making videos as, as quickly as I could. And, and um, the, the idea for the channel itself initially came to me because I remembered this, this incident involving um, Battletoads and it was, this, it was this dumb meme where people would call up GameStop and they would say, hey, have you got a copy of Battletoads, which is this game from like 1996. And um, I thought, oh, okay, well, some, some other people have probably done um, videos on this, like compiled the whole incident together into a cohesive story. And I was really surprised to find that there were all these clips um, and, and images everywhere, but no one had, had just brought the thing together. So I thought, right, well, that's... Oops, I shouldn't have clapped. <laughs> right, well, that's exactly what I'll do for my channel. Um, and within two to three weeks, I was, I was gaining traction. Within a couple of months, it was a full-time job. Yeah, why I was anonymous. Oh, you know, uh, there's, there's a few other channels that are anonymous as well, and I suppose people have all sorts of different reasons. I, um, My main reason for it was um, I thought, well, if I'm... Um, if this YouTube thing doesn't work out, um, you know, especially in the in the beginning, um, if I'm trying to get more clients, um, people are going to Google me, and <laughs> they're going to find my YouTube videos, and they're going, um, "What the hell is Battletoads?" And no, we're not hiring him. And uh, the other reasons, I suppose, uh, I've, I've never really wanted to be uh, a known person so i suppose this is why i'm anonymous now um you know that that works for some people i'm not i'm not a uh, an extrovert really so um it, it probably wouldn't be something I'd, I'd like very much 
I also tend to be pretty paranoid. So anyone looks at me kind of funny, and I and I'd think, oh, they know, they know, and um, but but I think now it's it's about maintaining a certain um, illusion because people associate me with a certain um, uh, uh, old man or a certain cartoon avatar, and the moment you see my face um, in real life, it's going to ruin it completely, um, especially with my face. So I think uh, it just it, I think it just sort of works. Katie Morton, the YouTube therapist. And at the time I was still, I think I was still in graduate school or just finished graduate school. Anyway, I was still gaining my hours and working in the field. And I was talking about how people don't really understand mental illness or eating disorders. Um, People are always, you know, there's such a stigma and all this stuff. And he was like, well, why don't you put it on YouTube? Teach people, talk to people. And of course, like anybody at that time, back in 2010, I was like, no, that's weird. (laughs) Um, and then after him sending me videos from Jenna Marbles and Anna Akana and all sorts of different people that were on the platform at that time, he was like, this is a thing people do. You should do that. Um, and then we started, it was like really late in 2011. I want to say it was like November. I was like, okay, we'll do it. Okay, fine. And yeah. And then here we are. I know that's weird. I think now people think about it, but back then it was like, no one was really doing it. And I was just doing it because I felt like it was something that needed to happen. Um, that, you know, mental health information should be available for everybody. Why is that not a thing? <laughs> um, and I, you couldn't make money at the beginning. I wasn't really able to make any money off of it because I, you know, I wasn't in the partner program. I couldn't even make thumbnails. I think it was kind of just a hobby. And I just thought, this is a weird thing I'm trying out. <laughs> I don't know. I never. I never thought about it as putting myself out there. Although because I wasn't licensed yet, I did have to ask my then supervisor, Patty, if it was okay if I did it because I'm under her license as a therapist mm. because she's like training me. Um, and she was super stoked and so excited about it and was like, you do it, go for it, get it. Awesome. <laughs> so thanks. Thanks, Patty. Mars from the amazing A Storytime Animator. Uh, ever since I was in your seven, eight, nine, ten plus, you know, I've always wanted to do media or something creative. Uh, my initial intention was filming, acting, that kind of stuff. Um, because when I was young, I was really into theater, really into public speaking. And I was super into it. And uh, I, I told my drama teacher that, you know and I mean? I was like, you know what? I'm going to be like this actor. I'm going to be like a, maybe a director even. And he's like, yo, but like brown people don't do that though like he outwardly said people won't like you because you're brown and i was like and i laughed at it because i was like haha it's queensland we're racist um but I, I think that really did stick with me a lot because i realized like i couldn't even count i couldn't name any like middle eastern pakistani indian actor at the time which was like 10 years ago now i can name like kumal nanjiani and a few others but um that defeated me immensely but still, the hope was up. You know, the hope was up. In year 11 and 12, I was in the car with my parents. And my parents are very uh, brown. So when I told them that I was going to do... <laughs> when I told them that I was going to do... I was like, yeah, I'm thinking about doing media, you know. Um, and they just straight up laughed. Because they thought I was joking. They thought it was like a joke. And I was like, oh, that goes my self-confidence right there. So I went to uh, another course in uni. And it was hap- I was happy with it. I don't, I don't want to sound like I hated it or anything. But when I uh, was in uni, two years in, at the end of the second year, I was like, man, I'm doing well, but I'm still not like, I still regret that I didn't do it. You know what I mean? 
So I started making videos in my second year. I was just making not the animations yeah. that came after. I made comedy skits. I made sketches. I made anime reviews. Um, I didn't like anime reviews because I didn't like editing. Editing's annoying for me. I really, I'm just pedantic, and I got copyright struck every single time. <laughs> so I was like, this is just annoying. And the comedy sketches were fine, except I, I do swear. And my parents found out. They're like, oh, "You you put shame on the family," you know that kind of bull, bull crap. And so, <laughs> and, and so, it essentially, it was like a bunch of conditions, right? Which one? One of them was I had to be anonymous, so my parents didn't see it and find out and stuff. And I couldn't swear because my baby brother watched my sketch, and I didn't like the feeling of that. It mm. made me feel kind of gross. And it, I I didn't want to edit either. And I was like, "What do I enjoy? <laughs> you know, what do I actually like?" And I thought uh, it was storytelling. I love telling stories. I just did that with a bunch of my friends, and I was like, okay, I can tell stories. And that's when I found Domix and James and all of them. And when I watched their videos, I was like, okay, these are cool, but, like, I can't do that. I have, I have uni, whatever, you know what I mean? They, they, t- they, must, they might take too much time. And then Jaden Animations, she made a video where she was like, yeah, I'm doing, like, um, graphic design and more uni courses alongside my YouTube and that, like, shot, like, guilt straight to my heart. I was like, Ugh. you know, I'm making excuses here, like, saying I'm in uni. And I kind of literally, very impulsively, super impulsive. I was, like, playing this MMO for 12 hours a day. <laughs> literally 12 hours a day, every day. And it was the holidays, man. Like, I, I was like, whatever, Final Fantasy fourteen, go for it. <laughs> Next day, I, like, cold turkey stopped, took my tablet out, and just started drawing for, like, replaced my addiction with another and 12 hours a day I was like practicing for five days and then uploaded my first video when I started my animation channel I literally just made a list of all the stories I tell my friends that's that's it that's all of uh, all of my stupid stories that I tell and I had like 70 mm. I had 70 stories of a list and they're all really 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 good and I'm st- I still use that list you know recently I just take that list and I make it in a house time my brother I had a fake birthday Somebody pranked me by like stealing my stuff. And like, you know, like all these really odd stories in my life because it just generally a bit about me is that I've lived in four countries every two years, every year or two years, I would move into a different city, different school. And so I would always get new experiences by these weird people in my life. And so it, it it's exposed me to a lot. And so I wrote them all down. The only time I would make a story about recent things is if it's either time-limited or just very wacky. Mm. So the Team Trees thing is very recent. He invited me on before it went live. So I've been working on that for, like, really quickly, really, you know, as that was happening. And the TikTok video I made recently was just, it was just so bizarre how I started TikTok and how I blew up on TikTok and how I've now become a TikToker alongside all of this. Because it, the journey was so bizarre. I met, like, a few celebrities. I got involved into a secret party. It, it was just, like, a really weird wreck. And I also realized that TikTok's growing now really quickly. So I was like, time-wise, it probably would be best to plant this now rather than in the future. But I, 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 don't, I won't run out of stories for maybe a few years. Yeah, I've got so many. <laughs> Matt Gillen from Little Monster Media Co. That helps people optimize their channels for YouTube. No, I, uh, I got started on it by accident. Uh, I studied film in college and wanted to be a movie producer and got out of college and within three months uh, my brother and I were producing a feature film raised uh, a very small low budget for um, and uh, we made that film and by the time we were done with the film uh, in terms of like actually like editing and that sort of thing it was I want to say late 2008 early 2009 
Um, and if you remember back then, the U.S. had just crashed the world economy. Um, and it was also at the rise of kind of prosumer high def cameras. And so it was this combination of everyone had a feature film and no one had any money to buy those feature films at like festivals or in the greater industry. Uh, and so we decided to self-distribute. And my brother said, hey, you're really good at com with computers because I was really good at a video game in college. Um, can you figure out this social media thing? And so I locked myself in a basement for nine months and uh, learned everything I could about building audiences online. Um, at one point, we were like the third result on Twitter for if you searched film. Mm. Um, we had a, a very large MySpace page, uh, which was, uh, you know, a thing I back want. then. Yeah, 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 MySpace page, man. Uh, we had a pretty decent Facebook page. We had a, a small but growing YouTube channel because we had made some content specifically as like promotional content. Um, but what we had done was really build up a very large email list of about 250,000, uh, emails. And so the way we had gone about doing that was by giving away our soundtrack for free. Um, so that led to having that email list and the social presence, uh, as well as some IRL marketing stuff, uh, led to selling around 50,000 DVDs. Uh, premiering at number one on Hulu, and we were number one on Hulu for, you know, I think better part of 10 weeks or so, and um, that was great, and the film was on Netflix and iTunes and Amazon and, and the whole shebang, but what that process really made me realize was I absolutely hated producing content, um, <laughs> like actually being like an in-the-field producer of content, <clears throat> but I really loved building audiences online, and so... Um, during this time, I should say I was working, you know, independent contractor gigs on uh, various uh, independent film productions in New York. And I went from producing a feature film down to PAing on like commercials. Um, so I worked my way down the corporate ladder <laughs> at, uh, up in scale. And I remember the exact moment I decided I never wanted to be in like feature film production or just production in general ever again. Uh, it was like December 23rd. It was like 6, 7 a.m. Uh, it was probably, um, you know, negative five degrees Celsius um, uh, outside with like a terrible wind chill. Um, and I was trying to tell Wall Street bankers not to cross the street because we were trying to get this shot. Uh, I was peeing um, and they were just like, yeah, go fuck yourself. Kid. I don't give a fuck. Um, and brush right by me. And I was like, I'm making about three dollars an hour right now. Um, I'm not going to do this anymore. <laughs> and so uh, I went and got a job at um, a company called Driver Digital. I was employee number one. Um, uh, was there for about three and a half years, built them up to a decent sized network of about 100 ch uh, channels uh, in moms and kids. Um, this was about three years too early, um, but uh, built them up, uh, then went to a company called Frederator. Uh, I was VP of programming and audience development, uh, oversaw the building of Cartoon Hangover's audience, uh, and then oversaw all production for a number of other owned and operated channels, including Channel Frederator. Took Channel Frederator from, uh, I think, you know, 50,000 subs, not having a video uploaded to it in several years to uh, over a million subs doing around 20 million monthly views uh, in the span of about 13 months. Um, and then also oversaw the building of the Channel Frederator network from zero channels to 3,000 channels doing 6 billion 
um, annual video views all in animation and in animation tangential style content. Captain Helly from Beauty News, which covers news on the beauty industry. Uh, we met at a blogger event, mm-hmm. um, probably about a good year and a bit before we came, started. Yeah, yeah, before we started filming Beauty News, um, and we just became friends. And sort of, I was at work in my, you know, desk job that I really didn't like, and I was just like, oh, I, I need a podcast to listen to, and I really would like more beauty-related podcasts. And so I was thinking about it, I'm like, there's nothing really out there. So this was especially maybe three and a half years ago. And I was just like, why isn't there more people talking about kind of current, like, okay, it's it's pretty superficial, it's beauty makeup releases but you see like the philip defranco's and they're doing all these news segments and you hear all these cool podcasts discussing you know new release movies and i'm like why isn't there anything talking about makeup so because i used to catch up with Haley and we used to just sit around having a coffee and talk about new things we're interested in and go browser shops yeah what's coming out what do you want to get this is coming out on thursday let's go buy it you know that kind of thing i just thought look Haley's a like i like talking to her we get along really well and we bounce off each other really well and surprisingly there's a lot of people in the Melbourne beauty industry but a lot of them don't know much beyond what they're sent yep. or what's in Priceline. Mm. When it comes to like searching for new brands, they are very limited. So I was like, no, Hayley, like, she's got a background in being a makeup artist and she's really into all ranges of makeup. Yeah. And I just thought, okay, well, I'm gonna." I called her on the way home from work and I was like, do you want to do this idea? And she's like, Yep, I'll be over on Sunday. And yep. that's how it started. Callan from Slapped Ham, whose channel is all about spooky listicles. I was a fiend for X-Files back in the day <laughs> yes. and Unsolved Mysteries with, uh, what's his name, Warwick Moss. <laughs> that sort of weird stuff always resonated with me as a kid. Um, and then I guess it's sort of come full circle. We've come back to that. And as I said, it's fascinating to research and, and like trawl around the foul depths of the internet <laughs> looking for this sort of weird stuff, you know. Um, and, and at the moment we're just coming from a, like, how good's this point of view? Like, this is super entertaining and we just want to evoke that kind of visceral fear feeling for our audience. Mm. And so I've, I've got a degree in creative writing and all through that degree, my lecturers and tutors and that were like, you know, it's really hard to make a career out of creative writing, you know, like. (laughs) It wasn't the most motivating thing, you know. You're spending all this money, four years in a degree. I think a lot of people that go through this education system have a similar story and it's a little bit demotivating. Um, So I graduated and then I saw Dolan, you know, playing around on YouTube and he walked in one day and just like blurted out the numbers he's getting, you know, millions of viewers, crazy growth. And I was like, wow, okay. There's, there's definitely something in that that, I, you know, I could harness my creative writing ability for sure. So literally the next day I went and bought a cheap microphone off eBay and I told my brother about, you know, all the success that Dolan was having and we were like, okay, like what could we do, you know? And so we, we kind of mimicked what he was doing early on with that listicle sort of format but we were just woeful. <laughs> our content, our early content was just, my voiceovers were up and down. I like, didn't know what we're doing. There's like the editing, you know, the images just had blank spaces in them where it went full. Uh, was really bad. But I guess the key point is that we started and we mm. just let it rip. And 
so my brother and I we're partners in in the you know this endeavor so we sort of just said okay we're gonna give this a whirl we just have to really just put our heads down and 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 try this you know and early on it's you know you get a couple of views and someone says you know you're the worst person in the world stop making content you know get off um and you know that's not the most motivating thing either so but we just put our heads down and 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 worked and worked and we actually got a really benefit beneficial shout out from Dolan he early on right he's kind of seeded our channel which is quite unusual for someone to get such a big shout out so early on so yeah. we were really lucky in that space um, so we kind of missed out on that like zero to a hundred grind or zero to a thousand grind. Mm. We hit our grind much later, actually. Like we kind of had some strong growth in the beginning, found an audience, which was fun that you could, you know, banter with and, and comment and make content for them, which was motivating. Um, but then we sort of plateaued, I reckon, around 100,000 to 300,000, just kind of struggling to find our voice. And then, yeah, that's kind of where we cottoned on to the paranormal sort of stuff and saw a big growth from there. Mm. When you, we've kind of moved away from that a little bit. I mean, we we began in the beginning doing, you know, top 10 weirdest looking people or, you know, the craziest cars in the world and, and really generalistical stuff, science, gaming, history, that sort of stuff. And it was a little bit too broad, I think. For many years, we were kind of just throwing stuff out there that we found interesting in general. Um, and then just a couple of years ago, we started really honing in on that strange stuff, the paranormal stuff. Because every time we did a, a video about, like, mysterious photos, real photos that shouldn't exist or whatever, like, we saw a massive spike in viewership. Mm. Uh, and it weirdly, it took us a little while to kind of realize that like we would throw them out every now and then and it would do really well and then we were like well what are we doing here like why don't we just do that sort of stuff and i mean it, it's super interesting to research anyways and really fun to write so yeah we've started in the last maybe year and a half two years really honing in on that that creepy stuff create a generation of hype <laughs>